to the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's going on, Bears fans? Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, Nicholas Moriano with you in this Bears OTAs recap episode. All three of us were at House Hall in Lake Forest earlier today. That's why if you're watching live, we are live a little bit later on in the day. Uh, and if you're just getting your podcast fixed, we appreciate you being here too. What'd you guys think? Carm, what'd you think about your OTAs experience today? You know, first OTA of 2023 for me, Adam and uh, Nick. And I thought you both had a great performance. I thought Hoag's posture on the sideline was strong. Uh, Nick was definitely doing good things, taking strong notes and uh, staring down other reporters who wanted to be like Nick. I thought that uh, on the field, I think that's what you're asking about. Justin Fields looked uh, solid to me. A lot of, lot of just easy going, nice moments in time. I think the three of us were hanging out for a second. I was like, yeah, that throw to Cole Komet was maybe a second late. Let's, uh, let's, let's trade him. Obviously that was tongue in cheek, <laughs> but um, it is interesting. And I know that we're going to get into it. Uh, the, the, those who were missing, but I thought those that were there, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it just, uh, it looks like a team that's uh, doing what they should be doing at this time of year. Yeah, you guys, uh, real quickly. I mean, it, it was a shorter practice today. Matty Refluce did, did allude to that in his press conference um, after the practice, but um, it was a, it was a good day because, you know, we all three were there. We have different perspectives on the practice and we can all, we're going to share all that. And also all the press conferences, a lot of people talking today, uh, Wednesday here at, at Hallis Hall. So we're going to get into all that and share our top takeaways. Uh, in case you missed it, we did put out a uh, shorter recap video already. So uh, at the end of this show, you can also check that one out. Appreciate you doing that, sharing it uh, wherever you might want to share it with people. Um, we will start as we do with every practice recap show, the best and worst of what you saw today. Nick, we'll start with you. Okay, uh, I think the the best thing I saw today, just from the practice itself, um, and you mentioned it too, Adam, is the sequence of plays that we saw from Tyler Scott. Kind of going back-to-back back from P.J. Walker, was able to make a couple catches, and he did that on the right side, was moved over to the left, just making a sequence of catches, just kind of showing up with that second-team offense. So really liked what I saw from, from Tyler Scott in that portion of practice and just kind of standing out uh, amongst all, obviously the bears have a lot of wide receivers, but that's going to be uh, one of the best things. I'll kick it over to whoever wants to share their next best. Yeah, I, I'll jump in. There was one sequence uh, where Justin went to a DJ back to back and uh, I don't know, I'm starving for the bears to have a connection of eliteness between the quarterback and the wide receiver and they were moving down the field. He went to him. He went right back to him. And the second throw was not a great throw, but DJ making the catch. And I will be honest, I was a little slow to the th- to the whole concept. Like, where's where's DJ Moore? He, where's number one? Oh, yeah, one is the quarterback, Carm. That would be Justin Fields. He's wearing number two out there, and they're connecting. And, and that put a big smile on my face just to see that in action for the first time because I missed the first OTA. So uh, I think that was my highlight of the day as far as things that we saw on the field. Yeah, I'm going to go with um... – 
a Tyreek Stevenson interception as both the best and the worst. Because anytime you have an interception, and in this case, it came against Justin Fields. So you could turn around and be like, well, that's the worst. Don't want to see number one throwing interceptions. However, uh, to me, it's the best because you get a rookie corner who you're, you want to be making plays. I thought it was very interesting talking to uh, Bears defensive passing game coordinator, John Hoke, who um, have no idea if he remembers me or not, but you know, he's, he was here before, uh, a f- you know, years back, long time. I mean, NFL assistant, but certainly with the bears, he's been around and uh, he's back on the staff and in, in an elevated role handles the cornerbacks and uh, has the title of defensive passing game coordinator. He talks Stevenson up in terms of understanding concepts, uh, which you always like to hear with rookies early on. Um, you know, said the under, you know, guys that understand football, pick things up quick um, and then has the instinct to break on the football. Now, what he didn't like about that interception was that he sort of double caught it. Wasn't a clean catch, uh, did count as an interception, but uh, I guess he dropped one last week. John Hoke referred to that, that maybe that was in a, I don't remember seeing that. So maybe that was in a day that we were uh, on the practice field. Uh, so pure coach right there, like the play from his, his young rookie, but wanted to see it even cleaner. Makes sense. I, I, yeah, go ahead. Nick. No, I was going to, I was going to say, I mean, you know, as coaches, you want to see the play executed in all phases and, you know, he's got to have that clear interception, that clear catch to make him maybe an interception, but real quickly, just to, Go to my the worst thing I saw. Well, I didn't see this particular player, but it's Nate Davis, and I think that's a player that obviously you know the Bears gave some good money to. Supposed to be your right guard, but we've been seeing a lot of Rashad Coward in, in that spot right now for for the Bears. And when all when you see the starting five for the Bears come week one, that's not going to be the case. It's going to be Nate Davis, and you know Matty Rufus was asked, "Is this injury related?" No, well, he said it's just not here. So, and that's all he can really comment on about Nate Davis. So, hopefully, that changes soon. We'll have another one more OTA practice next week to maybe see if that that ends up changing for the Bears' offensive line. It is super interesting, right? You, he got a big money deal. The Bears, nobody was screaming, "Go get a right guard! Go get a right guard! Go get a right guard!" But they wanted Nate Davis, and then, you know, it's. May 31st, let's not go crazy. But it is interesting that he's not here. And, you know, Flus made a point that he makes basically in every press conference around OTAs saying, you know, we think that it's extremely important that you're here and that we're going to coach up who is here. This is a guy that's trying to get acclimated to a new team. I mean, to me, it's like totally different than Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson knows what he's doing here. This guy needs to, you know, you're, you're talking about meeting your teammates. You're talking about learning the offense. I get that he's a veteran. But it does feel a little bit off to me. You got all this money. I, I would think the Bears are, and they're not letting on fully, but I would, I would think they're probably irritated about this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Real quickly, guys, Jatari Carter. Rashad Coward, 69, last year regime. Jatari Carter, 69. See it in the comments here. Sorry about that. But I'm surprised. Why did that name? I still remember that name. Jatari Carter was in at the, the guard position when Might uh, be the same died, person. <laughs> I don't, Definitely not the same not, person. No, and, no. and, and uh, there's a reason why I just let it slide because there's just some names, I, former p- players, I refuse to say out loud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Rashad Coward. What's, what, yeah, get, I want to hear your Nate Davis thoughts here, Hogue. Well, uh, I thought Cody Whitehair brought up a good point that Nate Davis 
played in this scheme in Tennessee. It is not like he doesn't know the offense. Um, and he is a veteran. So I just think it's, it's, you want your guys there and it's, and I will say it's pretty typical that your, your players that have just signed show up because they're getting acclimated to the new team, their new schemes, and maybe it's not, but, and I already have actually written this for my newsletter coming out tomorrow morning. There's just different levels of acceptance. It's a case by case basis. When it comes to OTAs, these are voluntary by the letter of the NFL law. They do not have to be there, but it's just not the same thing depending on what your situation is, is and what position you're playing. Lamar Jackson, not showing up on the first day when he just got bit, the highest paid player in the NFL and he's the quarterback and they're installing a new offense in Baltimore. That is ridiculous. That is one. I have no problem, you know, losing my mind over how bad of a look that is. And I would apply that quite frankly to pretty much almost every quarterback quarterback should be there. They don't have to be, but they should be there. Okay. Your right guard not being there. Eh, no big deal. I, I agree. That it doesn't look great that he just signed a new contract and he hasn't been on the team before and he's got to get used to his coaches and all that. But it's just, it's not something that's going to prevent the bears from winning and losing games. Whereas Aaron Rodgers, I guess good for him for showing up the jets OTAs this year. But I think you can, you don't have to make too big of a leap to say that him not being at OTAs last year hurt the development of all those young wide receivers who started to look better as the season went along and they started to win games as the season went along and they almost snuck into the playoffs. And maybe if Rogers is there for the entire offseason program, Christian Watson turns into Christian Watson a little bit earlier in the season, they win one more game and they're in the playoffs. I don't know, but, oh, okay, it, but it, it's just totally different to be talking about you know, that type of position, or even quite frankly, Jalen Johnson's position as a younger cornerback in a contract year compared to a right guard who could not be more uh, solidified because he just signed a new, new contract and it's going to be fine. All right. I don't want to be OTA podcaster, angry guy at all, but who's the bears right tackle. That would be, right. be a rookie, Darnell Wright, right? Yeah. Uh, when's the last time Cody Whitehair played center? It's been a minute. Who's the left guard? Oh, Tevin, how, how often has he played there? Who, who's the left tackle? Braxton, oh, he's coming into his second year. This is a new group, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I'm not saying that you're, you know, in the trenches. You're not, they're, they're wearing shorts. I get it. But, you know, I, I, I'm not huge into people that think they are above the team. If he's hurt and he can't play, but he's showing up like Chase Claypool today was, you know, a soft tissue injury, whatever. He's sitting there in a golf hat or a fishing hat or whatever the hell he was wearing, but he wasn't playing. But he's on the field. He's out there. He's hanging out. Um, you know, and I don't know Dane Davis. I haven't talked to Nate Davis. Maybe this is all fine, but I just find it odd. Like, hey, man, you're getting 30 million buckarooskies. That's a lot of dough. These are some new teammates. You got a lot of young people out here. If, if nothing else, you know, you could be seeing things and, and, and making some comments or just shaking hands. I, I, don't, I don't think that's uh, 
too much to ask unless you know you know if he's got some huge family thing going on or personal stuff then i get it but you know we don't know that Look, i guess is- what, what we also don't know guys if is nate davis attending zoom meetings or you know asking questions like we got we got that information about jalen johnson which is good which i think is a good sign for jalen johnson that he's still his presence is still around even though he's physically not there we don't know that about nate davis but again it is we won't know, and I'm pretty sure about when it comes to mandatory. I, mean, I have a feeling that Nate Davis is going to be there. I, I just yeah. do, and get yeah. it acclimated to all the new players that you were just mentioning, Mark. Well, and that's where you draw time. a line. It would be 100 percent ridiculous if he wasn't there for mandatory mm-hmm. mini camp when he just signed a new, a new contract. Look, I mean, th- this is a deep conversation, and we don't do the whole podcast on. In general, I think for the money NFL players make, they should live in the cities that they play in and show up when there's team activities going on. And, 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 but the bottom line is that's not what the rules are. And they have the means to live elsewhere and raise, you know, raise their children elsewhere and, um, you know, show up when they want to. I do think it shows. Uh, and again, case by case, I don't think you can make a blanket statement, but for at least the players that do show up, I think it shows who's all in all the time there you go that's right and you know i'll just give one example you know cody whitehair other than uh i think a couple excused absences here and there i've i i cannot remember him ever not being you know but he also lives in the area yep uh last i knew jalen johnson lives in california with and and has you know his family out there so, and that's, I don't know if you guys remember this, but when he did his interview on six, seven to score the day after the, the Washington game, when they had the mini buy by one o'clock or two o'clock or three o'clock, whenever he did that interview, the very next day, he was already back sitting in his kitchen in California with his daughter on his lap during that interview. So, and, and, and to give a little bit more context to what Nick was just referring to talking to John Hoke today, Hoke said that Jalen Johnson has been zooming into meetings and has been watching practice film and asking questions via text almost every other day is the way he put it. That was a direct quote. And I don't know. That doesn't sound like a guy who's, you know, headed towards a contract holdout. And Hoke also threw into the back end of that, that he thinks he'll be here sooner than later. So I like that Jalen's engaged Jalen's Jalen's got beef. He wants to get paid. This is a negotiation. That's not what's going on with Nate Davis. It's totally different. Jalen's is, 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 is showing some upset. And will the bears pay him? I don't know. It feels like we're going down a potential Roquan Smith game here. And and, and Jalen's got to obviously handle himself better than Roquan did. Hopefully he will. I'd like to see Jalen Johnson get a contract and stay with the Bears. I think he could be a helpful piece as we move forward. Yep. Um. So I don't know. I just I I don't I don't I don't think it's that. I just really don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it. I think the Jalen Johnson story is way bigger than Nate Davis. But I'm also acknowledging it's a little weird to have a brand new free agent signee not be there. And, 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 and just for another example, if it was Tremaine Edmonds, I'd have a bigger problem with that one Yeah, because he's virtually the quarterback of the defense and he hasn't been playing in the same defense. And, and so it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it depends 
which position, which situation. Um, and, you know, just got to go from, from there. Well, just to clarify, do you think that Johnson is making a mistake not being at OTAs? Um, I don't think he's helping his case. No. And, and I went over this last week. I don't, I don't care what level you are coaching. You are annoyed when your players aren't there. I gave this example last week of coaching youth baseball and finding out that we got a bunch of players that are missing for a huge portion of June. Their kids, they have fa- their parents are taking them on vacation. It's what you do when the school year ends. I totally understand that. But is there this part of me as the coach? It's like, what the hell, man? It's baseball season. Yes, of course I am. And that's that, you know, so I don't care what level you're, t- you're talking about. There is a level of annoyance with any coach in the world when your players aren't there. So NFL, top of the food chain, biggest league that exists, players making that much money, even if it is voluntary, of course they're annoyed that these players aren't there. Of course, no question about it. No, I, I get that they're annoyed. I, I think yeah. you can hear it in, in when even when the flu tries to be nice about it. It's pretty mm-hmm. clear. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, and you're you're saying that he's not helping himself. Nick, you agree with that? I don't look with Jalen Johnson's there. Um, obviously, he knows his defense, knows his role in this defense, knows he's going to line up every day. Is it beneficial? I think it's beneficial for him to get the camaraderie with his new linebackers. Everyone that there's a lot of newness on that defense. So I think. There are benefits for him being there, but I still think, you know, we know what Jalen Johnson brings to the table. He's going to be fine once he gets here. But like like you said, uh, same with the offensive lines. A lot of new players there. Same with this defense. I think it would be beneficial for him to at least get that that connection with a lot of those new guys that are in that core defense right now. Yeah, yeah but I, I'm wondering if behind the scenes, you know, polls slash flus, Slash whoever else, not John Hoke, at least not by his comments today, but like, you know, why are you not here? You know, you know, basically F him, like whatever. Or are they like, you know, no big deal. He'll be here. Not going to hold it against him. No hard feelings. It's probably somewhere in the middle, I would guess. Um, but I, it, it just, if you go back to last, last year at this time, uh, you know, he, Flus put Jalen into the old second string. Um, they, it is since this regime has been in here, it is it, it has never screamed out that Jalen Johnson is their guy. That that was an interesting nugget you just brought up that I kind of forgot about. I mean, that happened. Yeah, the him running with the twos last year. So you clearly yeah. your best cornerback, and you're making a point with him. Yep. It's true, yeah. And and he went out and had a pretty damn-ass good year, too, for the record. I mean, he, has, he didn't have the amount of takeaways that they want, but he, I mean, can't say he didn't play well. Yeah. So, I and, don't know. And, uh, you know, Tony bringing up in the comments here, there's a couple rookies, cornerbacks eyeing up his spot. I would be there. Uh, John Hoke talked those rookies up today, too. You know, he mentions uh, Smith from Minnesota, too. I mean, there there's... Yeah, I, I, I think I think he's walking a fine line there. Um, so, all right. Uh, quickly, though, want to tell you about a new sponsor for CHGO that I'm really excited about. Uh, I've worked with them a little bit in the past, and as somebody who grills a lot, this is a go-to. Omaha Steaks with Father's Day right around the corner. 
what do you give to the man who has everything? Well, Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected packages. Uh, we all got ours. It's a great setup. Comes in a nice styrofoam cooler. It's all iced up, uh, frozen, and a uh, good selection of different things that, that, that came in there. There were some uh, pork chops, some steaks, some burgers. Uh, they give you the whole deal. So head over to omahasteaks.com and use promo code. Here we go. CHGO Bears. Damn right. Some more specific promo codes on this one, guys. We got to go CHGO Bears at checkout. Not just CHGO. Promo code CHGO Bears at checkout. You'll get $30 off your qualifying order. And again, packages can include fork, tender, bacon wrap, filet mignon, or uh, gourmet grillables, air chilled, boneless chicken breast, burgers, jumbo franks. Franks are in uh, my box and uh, and many more favorites. Don't forget to save room for dessert. Most gift packages come with four delicious caramel apple tartlets. Those are go-to. I always like taking a little scoop of vanilla ice cream and throwing it on top of those two. Uh, I might have to, I got some, you know what? I'm going with that tonight without a doubt. Also check out the other hand-selected packages that are guaranteed to make dad's day. And it's because dads want steak, quite frankly. I know I do. So whether he's your father, father-in-law, or father figure, or maybe me, he's the guy who is always ready to step up when you need him most. So this Father's Day, show him the love with the only gift that's as unforgettable as he is, the mouth-watering perfection of Omaha steaks from perfectly aged, oh-so-tender steaks to hand-selected gift packages. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to give Dad what he really wants. Order today. You get $30 off with promo code CHGOBEARS, and every purchase is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. Minimum order may be required. See site for details. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter CHGOBEARS for $30 off. Uh, yeah, go do that. Like Adam said, Father's Day is coming up. Go to Omaha Steaks, give him a great gift. Um, what you should also do, too, for your dad or for anybody, you got to check out your athletic greens. With one scoop of your AG1s, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This mixture of greens helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus. And that's why I take my athletic greens and you should too. What's awesome about your AG1s is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day. It also helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. Super simple. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Bears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All right, keeping things rolling here on our CHGO Bears OTA recap podcast. I'm not going to lie. I kind of like, I don't like that that first segment went into like who's here, who's not here. It is such an overblown thing that we are, that the media is guilty of including ourselves evidently um there there were some interesting things that i i uh really do want to get to from today one observation i had in the middle of uh practice today that i uh had sort of forgotten about and it sort of put things in perspective for me but chris emma 
My brought guy. up in the middle of practice some random players out there like on the roster like how uh how ready are you for the bottom of the roster type situation and it made me realize that we are a long way away from last year when we were playing bear or not a bear our favorite game here at chgo bear or not a bear there's a lot less candidates this year that means mm-hmm. ryan poles has been working because there was a t- there, time last year during OTAs when we were playing bear, not a bear, with George McCaskey on the sideline. <laughs> For the record, I did see George today when I was headed to my car. He gave me the wave, uh, which I'm going to take is to mean that he loves the show and he thinks we're doing a great job. So thank you, George. We appreciate it. But, yes, this roster is getting more familiar there, team. Uh, I, I still am. Maybe it's because it was my first OTA and not like you guys with your second OTA. But I'm like, I'm looking out there. I'm like, uh, 13, right. Okay, there's Tyler Scott. That's not Byron Pringle. Thank you. I'm glad we moved on from the 13. <laughs> you covered this already with your numbers. You confused Justin Fields. and D- You thought DJ Moore was wearing number one. Uh, yeah, I'm You not, actually but, should be suspended for like three days. I don't me. disagree with that. But I just, you know, it, 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 it to me. It's not about the number. It's about the athlete. It's about the player. I'm, I'm not like at, at 10 it's years the heart old behind the number. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. I, at mm-hmm. 10 years old, I could tell you all the numbers I could, you know, back in those days, I could give you, you know, the 34s and the nines and the 58s. As I've gotten older, I haven't focused on the number, but I knew that DJ was number one. So I was like, when I'm looking out the receivers, like, where the, where the hell's one. Okay. But regardless, uh, it's true. The roster is, is, is better. We still have a ways to go here. Let's not go too. Let's not go too far. Uh, but, how about but, uh, but, how about this one? Bear, or not a bear. Aaron Cruckshank. Bear. Aaron, I you know uh, Cruckshank sounds familiar, huh? That one's uh, that one's something me right now. I can't even oh. tell you what position. Well, they had a safety last year. Those Cruckshank. Dane right? Cruckshank. Yeah. Why uh, do I know these old players? This is my wrong. Aaron. Aaron oh, Cruckshank. I, I swear I heard an Aaron Cruckshank today. Why would you have heard that? What are you listening to Jeff Joniak play by play a practice? I was looking at someone's roster or something. Am I wrong? No, you're right. He, he is a bear. He is a bear. No way. Number 84. Former Badger, by the way, Aaron Cruikshank. Talented returner uh, who ended up transferring out of Wisconsin and heading back east, where I believe he's from. He ended up at Rutgers. Uh, I think he's one of these players that was in college for 17 years and is now. Uh, <laughs> there are some guys that. I'm like, how are you in college for that long? COVID. Everyone gets COVID year. You, you know what I learned today also is that Robert Tunyon has beautiful, beautiful flowing locks. He looks just absolutely dynamic. Um, I mean, borderline. Let's get some style. Let's get, let's get some, uh, what's her face's name? What's what, who's that artist? Who are we talking about? Not Taylor Swift, right? Yeah, Taylor Swift. Okay. He's got that long hair. That dude, I'm not allowed to sing on the show anymore. But like that, I mean, Tunyon had presence, man. I'm excited for Tunyon. Does have some nice flow. I'll give him that. He's got a good uh, Chase, flow. Chase Allen, another tight. The tight ends maybe have some flow. He cut off his hair though, Chase Allen. So someone had to retake that. Hopefully. Well, good because it would have been confusing if 18 and 81 had long hair. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I just really I don't think I could have dealt with that. Um. All right, we have a super chat here. I want to get to as well, but I just thought it was interesting that you know, okay, there's you could just we we had we had a fun game last year, bear 
or not a bear that we're just making light and having a good time with. But now it's actually, I mean, there's certainly some some candidates on this roster, but it's it's uh it's not as easy, which is a good sign for the Bears going forward. Uh, Tatum Weston here, four ninety nine super chat. How did the offensive scheme look as far as offensive play calls? Looking at more of the route concepts and effectiveness against our defenses. Um, That's tough. It's tough know, to, to answer, yeah. Tatum. Uh, here's the reality. Appreciate the super chat, mm-hmm. but we are not allowed to talk scheme or anything we see um, from practice, or they won't won't let us at practice anymore. That's just how it works, and um, so we can't like go into specifically with the scheme. I think scheme wise, though, like. Uh, it, it's it's year two of the same offense. I, I don't I don't think that. I think you're just looking for things to be quicker, faster, uh, more chemistry. And I will say that I think that we have seen more chemistry. Uh, today was sort of a weird practice to observe. Uh, for one, they've gone three days in a row. Is that right though? Flu said That's that right. they practiced on Memorial Day. That's Ooh, yeah. he definitely said three days in a row. I know he said it. that, but anyway, regardless of the reason, it was a shorter practice. Um, he definitely was more, there was less team periods mm-hmm. and they, and they already said that they're putting more emphasis on, on individual drills and fundamentals this time of year, which I totally agree with is a good idea. Uh, but the point being that there were less, there was less portions of practice than last week when we could really see team offensive versus defense full scheme. And obviously they're not wearing pads. Anyway, I will say this though, when they got into two minute drill, that's where that like crispness with fields to DJ Moore right away. was like, up oh, here they go. Like this is, yeah. It, 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 and they just pit and same thing when you brought up PJ Walker with Tyler Scott, like that was the, the second team version of Justin Fields to DJ Moore. It was just boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden they're moving down the field. Um, and I, I just think that that's a good, I mean, it's like I said last week, it's better than the alternative. And you know what guys, like even going back to the first OTA practice, we got to see like the big deep pass to DJ Moore. That was also in that two minute period. So even though it's a, you know, about a week apart, we're seeing this, I guess, just cleanness in how the bears are operating in that portion of practice. Again, we, we would love to see more and tell you more about it, but it seems like when it's at crunch time where there is limited time on the clock, the bears know what they're doing. It all goes back to, you know, Justin Fields operating the offense. Now that he's in year two with Luke Getze. It did. I would, I would concur. It looked to me like fields and this is, we got to be realistic here. He's in shorts. Guys are standing wide open. This is there. I mean, it's, this is not a, uh, but, but Carm, we've, I can't tell you how many practices I've seen where that's the case. And the, wide open throws are not made. Okay. Okay. Or, they're fair not, enough. or, they're, or the wide open guys are somehow still not seen. All, all I'm saying is that he looks comfortable. There was one pass today. I don't know. You know, it, it was just pitch and catch. No problem there. And it just looked very easy for him. It's like, okay. Uh, I don't know if it's going to look like that come opening day against green Bay, but it, it certainly was looking like that today. He and every, every comment that is coming out from literally every coach is that this guy is on another level. So which leads us. Yes, go ahead to one of these comments. I wanted to bring up great question today from Stacy Dales from the NFL network um, asking Alan Williams of all people, the bears defensive coordinator, you go against this guy in practice. Your defense faces him every day. What are you seeing from Justin Fields? Alan Williams, uh, 
rattling off a bunch of different stuff. Leadership. I see good decision-making. That's what you want in your quarterback. I see improved accuracy. That's what you want in your quarterback and how fast he's processing. So you have to be encouraged when you see those things. Now, is there a chance here that Alan Williams is just taking all the talking points? And because uh, he did mention in his interview today, do he reads and he listens to things? Uh, hope, hey, Alan, if you're watching the show, please write and review. Uh, leave a five star review. We appreciate you. Um, at least hit the like button if you're on YouTube. I still, though, what what I'm encouraged by is we hear these comments. It's one thing to hear them. And even though it's a small sample size, it's being backed up by what we're seeing on the field mm-hmm. with our eyes. Um, is there a chance some of it's confirmation bias? Yeah, maybe. Sure. I mean, let's see what it looks like when pads go on and it's why it's all this whole thing's part of a process. But once again, for the 1000th time in two weeks, I've just seen the, I've seen the alternative so many times where I've seen coaches talk up Mitch Trubisky. And then you go out there on the practice field and they're not connecting and there's not chemistry. And you're like, well, are we just here on the wrong day? Are we not seeing like, is this happening on Tuesday, but we're here on Wednesday and you're just, it, it, but okay. Two for two so far. Yeah. And I'm two real quickly. Uh, when Eberflus was asked about like, is, should this be expected, right? Going into the second year of an offense, Eberflus did say that, but he also said like, no one is putting in more work right now or has put in more work in this offseason than Justin Fields. And that's why you're seeing more of this offense looking a little cleaner in like those two-minute situations we were just talking about. Him being able to connect with DJ more, even though he just got here, what, a couple months ago. But I think that all goes into, you know, why this, you know, is working so far. Why we're seeing consistency in two OTA practices we've been able to go and, and watch with Fields is because he's the most hard, he's the hardest worker on the team, and he kind of has to be in order for this op- this offense to get to that next level. So, yeah, the, all anybody you talk to is going to speak glowingly about Justin Fields. But to your point, we're seeing a better Justin Fields on the field. And I think that's that speaks more than anything that, than what any coach can say. Throwing motion tighter. There's just a, there's sort of, I'm I'm really I'm reaching here, but just the way he's flowing around the field just it feels just more Good flowage. It's a good flow. It's a good veterany. He just, there's something that just, there's a familiar, this is what I do. This is who I am. I'm in control of the situation vibe that I'm getting from him. Now, it's, I, again, I don't want to be like putting, there, there was a, there was one throw the day that he sailed down the middle that landed on the turf and, and it was not, a, it, it, it didn't look great. So there's moments where it's it's not all it's not all perfect every second here, but and again, what you were just saying, Hogue, maybe I'm having some level of I really want this guy to be this, so I'm having some bias in seeing what I'm seeing. But yeah. it just it does it does feel like he's just that much more comfortable to me. Yeah, but real quick, Law, can we put up uh, your boy Boogie's? Uh, Damn right we can. Comment. Great, great, great username. Um, if we could throw that up here, because this literally happened last year. Now, now, now that I'm seeing this comment, I'm remembering this. It happened a lot during the Trubisky years, too. But this happened last year. I remember doing a show, Nick. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I did it outside. I got to do an outside show soon. That's what that's reminded me of, too. Um, but your boy here says, I remember Adam would come on the podcast and tell us the QB didn't look great. And he would say, quote, we have to report good or bad, quote, 
verbatim. So I believe Hoke. That's the reality. I remember Fields had a bad day. It may have been the first OTA practice that we got to watch last year. Maybe it was the first day of veteran minicamp. I'm not sure. I have to go back and look. But he had a bad day. And we had to come on the show and say he had a bad day. And everybody got mad about it. Nobody liked us that day. I don't know no. if we got 100 likes. We should have 100 likes on the show, by the way. Um, yeah, everyone was mad at us. And it's like, well, we're not going to come on the show and lie to you and say, yep, everything was great. He made every throw, uh, even though that's not what happened. So that kind of gets back to what I've been saying the last two weeks. And for all we know, every other practice we haven't been able to see has been horrible. I doubt it, but we've seen two. And both have been good. I think last week was more impressive, but partially because of the way just practice was today. There just wasn't as many good reps to evaluate. But the, what we did have today, I still thought was pretty good. Well, and look, I'll give you another time that the, the great, amazing CHGO Bears diehards and everybody else hated us too, was the Bears improved to 2-1 and one last year. They beat the Houston Texans. Roquan Smith had a huge interception, 23-20. Justin Fields that day was 8 for 17 for 106 yards, and he, had, and he was sacked five times, and he threw two interceptions. He sucked. <laughs> and, 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 we, and we came on here, and we were like, that, ain't, that is not what it's supposed to look like. This is bad. This sucks. It was concerning. <laughs> it, was, concerning. it was super yeah. concerning. Yeah. And people hated it. But it needed to be like you, 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 that was a, that was a win loss. And it ended up by the way, working out that, that the Texans came through for us in the end, but it could have really been a, a, a win loss, but it didn't at any rate. Uh, you know, let's all hope that those days are behind us when he put up, I mean, that those, that eight for 17, 106, no touchdowns, two picks. Woof. Uh, quick comment here from Robert, and then I want to get to the other uh, quote I wanted to share, and then I got to run out of here actually early because we got a, a got a big baseball practice. We got to get to. There's a rumor has it that Greg Braggs is lurking too. Is lurking the right word? Uh, I think so. I think lurking's accurate. He's lurking. somewhere. So watch out for that, especially because when we do these remote shows, all of a sudden the Braggs thing just pops out at you and it's frightening uh robert lee so guys tell us from what you've seen of practice is there an improvement in his mechanics and form um i think so and why i'm going to say i think so is because our view has not been phenomenal especially today uh really hard to tell um in my opinion just details like that that you really need to look at on video but not to cop out of the answer like the coaches are saying that the results have been good um and i do think things have been a tick faster which is all they really need to be everyone everyone's like on justin and i get it and i I have been too it's not like he's got to reinvent everything here he just needs to tick it everything needs to be a tick faster and and that'll make a big difference and i have seen that now put the pads on Live bullets. We're far away from that at this point. Do does things do things slow down at that point? Um, and I don't mean slow down like the game of football slowing down for when you want that part to happen. What I'm talking about is actual mechanics and and decision making cannot slow down on like a real clock. And that's going to be the big question. I don't think we're going to have answers to until at least August. And quite frankly, not until the regular season starts. Yeah, the only thing I have in my notes from both OTA practices, I wrote zip on pass and then rocket throw over the middle. 
Uh, so I noticed like the arm strength from Justin Fields, and he did have that, you know, when he came into the league. But that's apparent. I wonder if you know just tweaking up a little bit in the mechanics also affects that as well with the footwork, the timing, and the quickness of it. Like I do have that in my notes where like it's the ball still coming out quick, and you know the receivers better be ready for that because uh, you know Justin Fields has a, he has a can. And Robert, my perspective when we're watching it live, it's hard to tell. But when I've watched the mm-hmm. videos. It looks faster to me. That thing looks very much a different motion, much more precise. His it's got way less loop. It's it's he's it just feels like he has definitely tweaked that motion to be a little bit more uh, quicker, accurate, all of it. And he's talked about it like getting the ball out of there quickly. That's one of that's been his main focus this offseason. All right, last thing I wanted to share, uh, this is a completely different topic, but we did talk to Richard Hightower, special teams coordinator uh, today. And, you know, it's, a, it's if you didn't see today's newsletter, uh, CHO Diehards, it's in there. I think when big rule changes happen in special teams with kickoffs, things like that, it's like, eh, does this really matter? How much did I care about this? And I totally get that. But I think in the case of, of kickoffs, uh, if you check out my newsletter, I try to explain it to you like, you will not find a coach in the world that does not talk about field position as one of the biggest factors uh, in, in football, which is why this it's not, it's not like a complicated thing. The, the better your field position, the closer you are to the end zone when you start a drive, the higher percentage chance you have at scoring points. It's just how it works. So that's why uh, coaches across the league were getting up in arms about this rule change. Um, where you can now fair catch a kickoff and move the ball to the 25 yard line. I, we don't have to get in the weeds with all that again, check out my newsletter from this morning, or if you didn't see it, it's also at all chgo.com. What I did ask Richard Hightower, because there's plenty of people who believe that eventually kickoffs will be taken away. They they just, it will bet because maybe we'll save this for tomorrow. I can go into a little bit more of an in-depth discussion about like how, moving the ball, the kickoff from the 30 to 35 and then moving the touchback from the 20 to 25 and how it's like a zigzag because they, they one helps the other side and the other doesn't. So there's no great solution to this. And I'm not sold that this rule change is going to fix anything either. But I asked Richard Hightower today, if he can envision a, an NFL or picture an NFL without the kickoff. And I just loved his answer. So I wanted to share this. He said, I don't me personally, no, I think when you talk about football, you talk about basketball, you talk about baseball, what do they say? What time is first pitch? What time is tip off? And what do you say for a football game? When's kickoff? It's a part of the game. Um, and that's certainly a sentiment I think shared by, you know, many coaches. It is it. When's kickoff, Carm? Yeah, look. I'm old school as old school can be over here, baby. Don't be getting rid of kickoffs. And it's a whole nother discussion too. Yeah. But, but for me, look, football is a dangerous game. It's always been a dangerous game and people like to play football and do dangerous things. People like to drive fast. They like to jump out of planes. They like to do all sorts of stuff. That's probably not the best choice for your health, but they get a rush out of it. So 
you know, to be on kickoff, uh, it's you, these are some insane people. You're running as fast as you possibly can and you're, you're trying to make a tackle and it, but, but there's an excitement about it because it's fun and mm-hmm. yes, people are going to get hurt on it. People are going to get hurt playing the game of football. That's never going to change. Like when, when we were, when they were trying to make the game safer, I was like, just put a waiver out there, have them sign it. Football's dangerous. I might not be able to think when I'm 50, you talk to any of the old school players, would you have done this again? They like 99.9% of them say they would. So, but to, yeah. you know, that's a long winded way of me saying well, that I don't think kickoff's going away either. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to tease this. We're going to go into this more tomorrow on tomorrow's show. Let's put it in there right now because there's some actual data. Um, and you'd be surprised when you add up all the crap that the NFL threw out there, how many concussions this will actually save. Mm-hmm. And is it really worth and, and by the way, you can't really prove it, what their number is. And um, even if it is accurate, it's like all this for that many. So we'll talk about that more tomorrow. When we have more time. Um, I have to roll. I think Braggs is waiting and standing by. So he's going to jump in here for the rest of the show. Don't worry. The guys are going to get you wrapped up with everything else that ha- happened at house hall. So I'm going to leave you with this, with the gear built to last the sunglasses that get me through OTAs at house hall. That of course is shady rays and our friends at shady rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. They're an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product. That's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And the best part is if you lose them, if you break them, they have the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Even if it happens on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays impact and if you don't love your shady rays exchange for a new pair return them for free within 30 days there's no risk when you shop their team always has your back exclusive for our listeners um and actually it's still may 31st so the shady rays memorial day sale is still going live right now go to shadyrays.com you'll get 35 percent off all sunglasses right now so try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over two hundred fifty thousand people all right, Hogue, we will see you tomorrow, brother. And this is the first time that we're ever doing a line change. I'm very excited about it. So switch out, Hogue. Bring in Braggs. Can I see how this looks? There goes Hogue. Hi, Nick. I feel like we're in the same room now. Can we bring in? Oh, yeah. Look at that. What an exciting moment in the history of the pod. But before we get to Braggs, uh, get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Spring, of course, getting to summer. It's baseball season. Get your Aloha shirt, get your straw hat, get your polo, get your bags, everything you need for the game. Um, check out foco.com or you can click the link in the description below for all non pre sale items. Use that promo code CHGO for 10% off as we welcome in Brick by Brick, who always looks all up to new levels as he's wearing his shirt today. Gregory. Welcome. Uh, anything standing out to you? Anything you need to get off your chest here? I know you've been just living on Twitter and yelling at Packers fans about their enjoyment on a jo- Jordan Love completion. <laughs> well, I just find the it's just an, a simple observation. I mean, Packers fans are now doing what Bears fans do and hyping up a quarterback that they really can't prove is good or not yet. We've been doing that for decades. So now I'm starting to sense that they're doing the same thing. So I don't know if Jordan Love will be good or bad, but I do know that's a sign. 
That's a sign that we're heading in the right direction. And the Packers are and they are are more like us, one of us now. Hopefully not for long if Justin Fields can take the next step. I mean, to me, that's the biggest take takeaway from the day is you know, Alan Williams saying he feels like Justin Fields is processing faster. It'd be one thing if Luke Getzey you know, Matty, mm-hmm. obviously, they're all bears. What are they going to say? Ah, he's not looking good. No, he's not going to say that. I get it. But last year at this time, during OTAs, the quote was, we're not there yet. We're not ready. You know, that's what they True. were talking about in regards to Justin Fields. So now this year comes around, new pieces in place. They could easily say the same thing. Hey, we got a new moving parts. We're not ready yet. We're good, but we're not ready. No, what they're saying is he's processing faster, making quicker decisions. You know, uh, two, you know, two more throws to DJ Moore today. That that's stuff that gets me excited as a Bears fan. So that that's definitely my biggest takeaway. That's a good point, Greg. And I think the only thing that they will maybe the little pushback is like they just got to get the chemistry down. I think they know it can work. It's just once they all get on the same page and actually get more and more of those reps, like we're already seeing through two OTA practices that we've been able to attend that these guys are going to be able to be what Andrew Janoko, Luke Getzi want them to be the focal point of this offense is that passing game. And it's going to start with Justin Fields, obviously. So that, that's a good point to like reflect back on. Like there's a lot of newness and them not, they weren't there yet, but Justin Fields is now he's been through this. He knows who his number one wide receiver is. He knows who he's going to throw to. So that definitely helps with the whole operation of things on the offensive side. Well, and that's the other point. When they when they said last year we're not ready yet, I mean we all, we always think of everything through a player's lens, but it's the coaches too. You bring up Andrew Andrew Janoko and Luke Getze. Were they ready to call what they thought was going to be the offense last year? No, it took them six weeks into the season to figure out how they wanted to call plays for Justin Fields and the pieces around him. So now you've had a full season not just the players, but the coaches to understand how they want to run this system with Justin Fields. And now you've got a bit of a head start, even if there are new moving parts to build chemistry with. I think that's just another point that we, you know, covering the team don't talk about as much. Everything is focused, hyper-focused on the players, but the coaches this year have just as much of a leap to make as the players do and they've now had a whole year to get their feet set and it's time now to to show the fruits of their labor it's an interesting angle because i would agree with you that like what's the next level for luke getsy in understanding how best to use dj Moore and how best to use robert tunyon and how to get tyler scott acclimated and even bring darnell mooney back in the fold and i guess the number one thing would be finally getting chase claypool off the deck here and having him be a huge uh you know part of this offense because feels like a wild card is he or mm-hmm. is he not and if he is along with dj and and mooney healthy and, and everything else then then that offense maybe starts to sing I don't feel the same necessarily way with Allen Williams, but maybe I'm just giving him too much of a benefit of the doubt because I just looked at that defense last year like, hey, what, do you, what do you want this guy to do? Uh, so, well, and it's, but, and but it's maybe, bad versus defense too. That's the other right, half of right. it. Right, right. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, which, speaking of that, maybe we can get Cornelius's chat in here, Lawrence, because um, this is uh, a little interesting. 
point from our guy who's always hanging out with us and we appreciate it in this 10 minutes of Greg Bragg's post game, pregame, whatever you want to call it, okay, <laughs> extravaganza. Cornelius not my the guy, pool this time. <laughs> yeah, not at the pool, which I want to ask you about. But yeah, if the defense starts off bad, giving up 30 points a game, do you guys think there's a chance that Matt Eberflus can take over the play calling? Nick, I'll let you handle that because I'm not actually clear like how much he's impacting that play calling now. Yeah, I think uh, I know Matt Eberflus was asked about it last year, and I'm trying to remember, uh, paraphrase exactly what he said, but I know that Alan Williams has his own wrinkle on things. And I wonder how handicapped, just look at the defense last year, you guys, and the lack of playmakers that were on that unit. And obviously when you don't have a, any guys up front, it's going to make it difficult to stop anything. But if this is a circumstance going into this season, you have to look for something. You have to change something on that unit because they do have capable playmakers at the linebacker level, especially in the interior of the defensive line, and then your secondary. So if that's the case, they're giving up 30 points per game, you know, going into 20 in the 2023 season, that could be a possibility. Um, it seems like, look, Iberflus, I think, has a good connection with all of his coaching staff. But, yeah, if that's the circumstance, you have to change something on that unit. I'll, I'll tell you this, Cornelius, outside of the play calling. Just looking at the defense line up today and seeing 49 Tremaine Edmonds out there, dude looks like a player. Mm-hmm. He just does. And we got a ways to go, but there is more size on that defensive line. The Travis Gibson report came out of nowhere yesterday that all of a sudden he's on the next level, but Alan Williams did underline him today. When I asked him, I asked the question today, like who has gotten bigger? And he said, everyone, but then he underlined that he said Gibson. So I, I was hoping when I asked that question today that he was going to say Dominic Robinson, because that's a guy who I think if, you know, he can get a little more poundage on him, a little more flexibility along with that strength that could take a big leap, but, didn't get that answer. We, we got Gibson, which would be perfectly fine. I, I, Travis, I had high hopes for him last year. I think we all did, and it didn't quite happen. Braggs, uh, you're smiling. Something's going on over there. Sorry, I'm talking to the chat when I shouldn't be paying attention. But, no, uh, to me, I, I if the I defense is struggling, Eberflus is not going to stop being the CEO of the team. I think he has moved to that role. So, no, I don't think it, there will be at any point Matt Eberflus takes over play calling. If it gets so bad, you know, you could see Alan Williams get on the hot seat. I, you know, we'll see if that, you know, comes to fruition, but I think that would be the first step before that's, that's a panic mode thing. When you start giving up the play calling, mm-hmm. AKA Matt Nagy, and then, and then taking it back and, and get, he doesn't know laser, what he wants yeah. to do. That's, that's when you're, you know, on your last legs as a head coach. So I don't see that being the case. Uh, to me, when you guys did what your confidence um, picks last week and talking about who, like how many sacks, who, who would anybody get 10 sacks? I thought the better question is last year, the uh, a safety led the team in sacks, not anybody on the defensive line. So I my question to you guys is, do you think a non-defensive line player will again lead the team in sacks? Because mm. you bring up Tremaine Edmonds, you bring up the, you know, talk about this linebacking core, and you know, Eberflus is gonna set pressure. He's gonna have to, you know, at you know. So I wonder, will it be two years in a row 
that somebody not on the D-line leads the team in sacks. Better not be Gregory, Nick. That's a good – well, Eberflus was asked, do you want that to be the case where your safety is leading the team in sacks? Like, uh, you, you're correct that I don't want him to be the leader in, in sacks this upcoming season. I'm going to say no, though. I don't think it's going to be a linebacker. Say, I do think one of these defensive ends, and I don't think it's going to be a very high number, uh, seven or eight, might do it for this Bears team in terms of who's actually going to lead uh, the, the unit in sacks. But Travis Gibson, I talked to, to Travis Smith, uh, the defensive line coach for the Bears, and he's ex- they're moving tra- uh, Travis Gibson to both sides now. When you had Robert Quinn here last season, you saw Travis Gibson exclusively to, I believe, would be the left side. In today's practice, we even saw him lining up left, right. So I think he's going to have a little bit more opportunities to to rush the quarterback. I'm not saying that's the guy who's going to lead the team in sacks, but I do think that the defensive line will be the leader in that group and how it should be, right? I'll say this along. If it is Travis Gibson, that would be awesome for the Bears. That would be a guy having a breakout year in his fourth season, and that would also mean that he's doing that because he's getting help in the middle from Dexter. He's getting help mm-hmm. in the in the middle from Pickens. He's like, this is all happening. He, he ain't doing it on his own. So let's let's go let's go fingers crossed on that one. Um, Fifteen minutes of Greg Braggs to wrap up the show here. This is an outstanding opportunity for. Uh, Gregory to get anything else off his chest anything uh, you, you've this is a I've, big night for both of us Mark not to move off football but we're wait, awaiting Chase Adige and Zach Eady's decision they no, have until no, please, please they have please, until no 11 o'clock tonight to no make the decision oh, I care trust me I've been refreshing my Twitter feed I, I, I know all you day do. long I know to you find do. out if the national player of the year is going to return to Purdue Let, well hold on Let, I'm, I'm just cutting you off Jalen Johnson Nate Davis, your thoughts. Do you care that they're not here? I, I My prediction now is that Jalen Johnson will be traded in the at the halfway point of the season like Roquan Smith was. You think in the halfway I, point? Yeah, I think his 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 he's You're moving the in the are... same direction as Roquan. You know, disgruntled, negotiating tables not working right between the two. They have a difference of opinion on value. This this is the most he'll be valuable to trade for Ryan Poles. You can potentially get a similar return as you got for Roquan with cornerback being a more premier position in this league. Somebody that's a Super Bowl contender looking at a cornerback. If it gets all the way to that point halfway through the season and they still haven't worked out a deal, regardless of where the Bears are at as far as competing this year, because I know people – you know, is including myself are, you know, excited about the potential of the bears having a surprise season. You got to do what's best long-term for this team. And Ryan Poles is going to continue to look long-term. So, you know, I, I think that there's a potential for that. Playing that out. It, that'd be all, that would not be good. All right. That would mean that the bears are having a bad start to the season. That would mean that, uh, you'd almost be talking about tanking if you were trading Jalen in the middle of the year. So let's hope that it does not. I don't, I don't think way. that's the case. I, I really don't. It's just at the end of the day, if you can't get them re-signed, are the bears are going to be competing to win games this year. They're not actively trying to tank like they were right. last year, but at the end of the day, you, you don't necessarily want them to walk for nothing. So there'd be a couple contingencies, how Jalen Johnson plays, 
the first half of the season. And then how the other guys around him, Kyler Gordon, Tyreek Stevenson, it, how they're playing too. They're not just going to do it the same way they did with Roquan, but I think there is the chance for it. All right. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm not saying that Jalen is, if they traded Jalen now, that'd be some form of tank. Clearly they're trying to win football games this year. Mm-hmm. However, if in the middle of the season you trade what will be still your number one cornerback, that's not a move to try to win football games. It just isn't. Uh, and there's no way you're going to tell me that Tyreek Stevenson and Kyler Gordon are, are ready to step into that and that Kendall Vildor is going to fill whatever you know, that they need Jalen Johnson, man. They they need him. Oh, yeah, they I definitely I do. And, and I, another guy like maybe that says something about Terrell Smith, the other, you know, corner at the Bears draft out of Minnesota, like he's ascending. But that would be uh, I think for what the secondary did last year with no pass rush. I think they, they have an opportunity to, you know, exceed their, their own expectations maybe of what they can do in 2023. If they, you know, do get some help from, you know, some guys like Demarcus Walker, who I know has been in the chat here. Uh, people are excited about what he can do. Travis Gibson, Dominic Robinson, like secondary can make some plays here. They, they made a lot of plays when they didn't have much of anything last season. Gregory, good to see you. Appreciate everybody jumping in today. Um, I assume we don't have any more super chats. I don't think we do, Lawrence. We're good there. And uh, we are back tomorrow at noon with a with a robust show. And Bragalicious, you want to talk about anything going on in your pool? Because no, every time my I... daughter's five-year-old turns five today. So Aww. we're, we're going to go open Daddy. presents as soon as I get Birthday. upstairs. That's why I stepped away for a minute while I was behind the scenes, uh, filming her coming up the stairs, seeing her presents and balloons. So we're excited for that. I don't know if I'm more excited for that or the Zach Eady announcement, <laughs> but also we got Vanderpump rules reunion tonight. You guys know nothing about that, but high octane television. There's a lot going on here tonight I mean, at the Bragg's household. I, I, I don't want to be too dialed into how many people are watching us. But, <laughs> but there, there were 561 people watching, and then you mentioned Zach Eady returned, and we went we went down 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you hit the like button on the way out. And if you yes. if you tuned in late to hear my dumbass talk about Zach Eady, watch the beginning of the show when our guy Adam Hogue gave some good information. But I, I thought I brought it for my – 15 minutes come on you were great you were great as always brother we we, we uh bold anytime. prediction to end the show uh, yeah that's what i said it already jalen johnson traded it oh moment. okay well that was a bold <laughs> I thought that no was that was 100 was, was. <laughs> uh, good good to see everybody today it was fun to be out there uh with you nick and 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 our guy sir hogue uh we're back tomorrow at noon lawrence thank you for producing thanks for checking out the show today And uh, yeah, as per always, as we say goodbye here, bear the hell down.